This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Man, I just had to get on the mic. I just had to. Because y'all have lost y'all minds. <laughs> okay. So yesterday, I was in a fantasy baseball draft. This is this is right after I had choked in fantasy basketball in in the semifinals against my friend Ben. I had a really good team. I had another really good team. Only lost three times in a regular season. But then once again, De'Aaron Fox get hurt. Sabonis gets hurt. Jared Allen gets hurt. And then all and, oh, and Josh Hart, Josh Hart. Josh Hart had been playing his best basketball. I pick him up, and then he gets hurt. All of that. And then I hesitated to let some of these guys go and make a desperation push on Sunday. Um, Ben beat me to it and he won and he's going to the championship. Sick. So then right after I come from the Warriors and Wizards, I almost forgot about the draft. I do this draft. It's going okay. I miss out on some of the players I had from last season. Big deal. Why in the middle of this draft? Ben tells me that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. And I'm like, what? And it's like, look at look at the video. And I just know Twitter has it up already. Um, the first thing I see trending is what just happened. I'm like, oh boy. Probably something crazy happened. I see the slap. No contacts. No nothing. And I'm just like, bro, you I just laughed. I was like <laughs> And shook my head. I was like, y'all got to be kidding me. Y'all out here acting the fool. Imagine slapping somebody over a woman. Just no contacts or anything. That was my reaction. And I was like, this is so dumb, man. Y'all crazy, bro. Y'all be acting the fool, bro. Just stop. Just kind of dismissive. Like, y'all just be messing around. And then, you know, immediately Ben said, what's the stage? And I see Gab Gowdy say, this got to be staged. And I look at it again. I'm like, I see Will smirking. I was like, oh, it's probably staged. And then I see he's yelling, keep my wife's name out your mouth. He's dead serious. I'm like, okay, he's serious. Then the more I look at it and the more info I get about it, everything about it says this is serious and it came from the heart. This is the same guy who hopped on a track when it came to a song about his name. He hopped on a remix. He He's done a dance challenge on top of a roof. He's done countless movies and played countless characters. He's just not afraid to just do whatever, whenever. You know what I'm saying? And then I heard about... Then I heard about uh, Jada having alopecia. I did not know. I don't know. I don't know if Chris knew. That's the that's the biggest thing. I don't know what side you're on, but if Chris Rock didn't know 
about Jada having alopecia, you got to let this one slide. Because he didn't know. I'm sure he wouldn't have joked about it if he knew. But if he knew and he joked about it, I'm like, okay, you went a little bit too far. And even then, this is a, you know, take him to the side backstage and be like, nah, that wasn't cool, man. I don't appreciate you making that joke. The joke wasn't even that bad. He could have said worse. And I'm just like, man, I think maybe both people are wrong in this situation. I'm trying to see it. You know me. I try to see it from both sides. But my initial reaction was like, man, y'all doing too much. Oh, it's just not. I just I just laughed at all because I just thought it wasn't that serious. It's easy for me to see it that way because I'm single. And I took myself out of the dating game probably for good. So I'm like. I can't even imagine the only woman maybe I do that for is maybe my mom, maybe my Antoana, maybe maybe Ebony, my cousin. But I'm like, even then, I'm like, I just don't I don't be putting hands on people, bro. I just don't. Unless I'm really, really mad. He must have been really, really mad. Still, like, come on, dog. Y'all Man, y'all need to stop. But just like with yo Misha Tate winning Big Brother and a few other things, I tried to see the positive out of this. And what I took from this was endurance. Chris Rock kept going after all that. He kept going. He kept his poise. And I'm like. And I also tied it into losing a family friend this week. We we lost two family friends, like me and my mom, uh, that went to our church. And they, they were friends with my, my grandma. Uh, yeah, my late grandma. So they were friends with them. They, you know, one passed away on Monday and one passed away on Saturday. And I was just thinking, I was like, dang. So Miss so Miss so Miss Calandra passed. And then her mom didn't take it well. And then she passed on Saturday. I was just thinking. I was like, if I go, I really don't want anyone feeling like they can't continue life because I'm gone I don't want anyone to feel that way I want them to keep going and keep pushing and keep doing their best in life and keep attaining their goals and keep living their best best life without me you know what I'm saying so I tied the two situations together and I was like you just gotta have endurance in life sometimes (laughs) You got to have an endurance to keep going when things don't go your way or when things go left. And then vice versa, if my mom leaves or important people in my life leave this earth, I got to keep going. I got to keep doing my best for them. I can't shut down. Got to, man. You know, <laughs> got to have the Lord give me strength.
Just saying. But yeah, man. They was tripping, but I, I took that life lesson out of it eventually. So, all right. Now let's get to some sports. All right, the Elite Eight. I don't know if I talked about the Sweet 16, but I mean, whatever. You so ended up in the Elite Eight. Now, I did walk around St. Peter's campus. It's small. It's only like three blocks. It's in the middle of is in the middle of Jersey City. You know, I took a train from Madison Square Garden to the World Trade Center, and I took another train from the World Trade Center to Journal Square in Jersey City. I could have walked to their campus, but I took the bus. So I took the bus, got off. The bus, I don't know, the, the bus, the bus system isn't that isn't that great to me. The bus, the bus almost didn't get didn't stop, <laughs> but I got it to stop, and I walked around the campus. I saw where they played basketball. I didn't I didn't know it was a real arena. I thought it was like a gym. I thought it was like a like a, a regular gym where students and stuff work out. But I think it's everything in one. I'm like, dang, really? This is small, small. This is like this kind of remind me of a. National Cathedral, that all-girls high school. I'm like, damn, man, it's like that? I was like, yeah, this place is small, man. It's D1, though. And I, I did see some news trucks, uh, some ABC local news trucks. I guess they were around interviewing people. I don't know if the team had left yet. It was a quick, pretty quiet day on campus. I thought I, I just was walking around. I just was curious. To see how St. Peter's um, campus looked. I mean, honestly, Jersey City, that part of Jersey City, it kind of looked like Brooklyn. <laughs> it looked just like Brooklyn, bro. At least the parts I've been to. I'm like, it looked just like it. I mean, it wasn't bad. Some old school looking buildings. You know, definitely an intimate setting. I snuck I snuck into their student life center just for their security guard to look me up and down and be like, who are you? I was like, I'm just some random guy from D.C. and I kind of need to use a bathroom. He was like, you're not supposed to be here, but the bathroom's over there. <laughs> I was like, all right, man. All right. I was like, <laughs> but when they beat Purdue, I was like, hey. Maybe they took the energy of me being there and walking around. Maybe they took that to Purdue and used that to beat Purdue. And I'm like looking at the highlights. They was just going bucket for bucket. Even though Purdue was punishing them inside. I thought, you know, they wouldn't stop Zach Eady. But it wasn't even Eady. It was that number 50 guy that was punishing them inside. And, of course, they had Jaden Ivey, who was a, a top draft pick. He took all the shots at the end, but they just weren't falling at the very end. Like, you needed at least one more three to go in, and they just couldn't get it to go. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to talk about the Sweet 16, but that was that was interesting. Uh, maybe that's the only one I'll talk about. But, but let's fast forward to the Elite Eight. We got UNC, St. Peter's. We got Arkansas. We got... 
Arkansas Duke kind of reminds me of 1994. I think they met in the championship. Uh, yeah. And then we got Houston. Got Houston and Villanova. And then you had, and then we had KU and Miami. Okay. Compared to how the rest of the tournament went, these Elite Eight games were disappointments. Like, the only really close one was Houston and Villanova. And even that game sucked because the final score was 50 to 44. Dog, I'm not even kidding. The final score was 50 to 44. This is bad. This is very, very bad. Terrible. How did y'all watch this? Just offensive ineptitude. And then when I watched the full highlights, all I just saw was just Houston just shooting bricks at the end. I could just see the desperation in their shots. They were just desperately trying to extend their season. I just felt so bad for them, bro. They just could not buy a bucket. They were trying so hard. They played so hard, especially defensively. But one for 20? For three? Three pointers? One for 20? You shot 29%? I mean, Villanova didn't do too much better. I mean, five for 21 from three, 28% field goal. Bro, they only made 15 shots the entire game. Bro, how did y'all watch this, dog? Both teams only had 10 turnovers. It was just a lot of bricks. I mean, come on, man. It's like the it's like the GIF. It's like the GIF of the um octopus laying bricks. That's basically what the game was. <laughs> Dog. I don't know how y'all watched that. That's terrible. And then but you know, hey, hey. Props to Houston for getting deep in the tournament once again. Kelvin Sampson is a beast. Oklahoma fans should know that because he was our coach and took us to the Final Four. So it just shouldn't be that much of a surprise that he's taking Houston this far. But, man, that's crazy. Then Arkansas and Duke, I mean, Duke just had control most of the way. Arkansas tried to make a push at the end. Jalen Williams wasn't rocking. But at the end of the day, they just Duke just got way too much talent. It's just way too much talent. You know, them two guards from Paul Six, Paolo Bancaro, who's a lottery pick. Mark Williams had a double-double with three blocks. Like, these guys are just too talented. And and that's and that's pretty much the theme of the Elite Eight. The talent and the coaching separated themselves from the Cinderellas and the uh the great stories. I, I'm just saying. That's why we got an all blue blood final four. Now Kansas and Miami, I was listening on the radio and I watched the highlights. Cam McGusty basically just took his back to 2016. He was with the Sooners. He was killing it. It didn't, it didn't look like they were going to stop him. It looked like he was going to single-handedly take them to the Final Four. 
and Miami had the lead at halftime. Bro, I'm just looking at the box score right now. Kansas really won the second half 47 to 15. That just blows my mind. Dog, some of the offense by the losing team, some of the offense period in this tournament, especially in the Elite Eight, is crazy, man. People just going ice cold out here. Cam Augusty had like 15 in the first half. He had like three in the second half. He was silent. Kansas just blew everybody away. Kansas is inconsistent, though. That's their problem. Like, that's their, their biggest problem is themselves. Because they are inconsistent. But other than that, there are not many teams in this country who can beat this Kansas team when they're playing their best. Because they just, they're just too well balanced. They got everything you need. They got... They got point guards. They got off-ball guards who can score, like Christian Brown and Abaji. Abaji had Buddy Hill numbers until, like, recently. But, you know, he's basically one of the best players in the country. He's a good all-around player. They got post presence. You know, McCormick. And if you think it's sweet, they got Lightfoot coming off the bench. And if they want to fool around, they got that tall, skinny kid that hit that dagger versus OU at, at Kansas, Clements. I couldn't I couldn't say his name when I did the actual show on this, but that's his name. They got that. They got Jalen Wilson, who's a who's a wing, who's you know got long arms and can get to the rim when he wants to. Like, and then and then and then they got Remy Martin, the the veteran off the bench. I think, you know, that number three kid is pretty good, too, as a point guard. He he can get in the lane and and hit them runners and stuff. And then Remy Martin is energy off the bench. He's been energy the entire tournament. And I'm like, man. And then when these guys get on the fast break, it's over. It's, it's a wrap. They're going to really blow you out then. And they were just running and running. That That's basically what the second half – highlights were about this team can win it all you know what man i'm just gonna say it right now this is my pick to win it all they just they just they got too much talent they got they're too well balanced they're too well coached this team is gonna win it all kansas is gonna win it all they're gonna beat villanova and then they'll have a close game with unc and duke or duke now st peter's they just got bullied they came out the gate. It took them like six minutes to score. And then they got down 27 to 9. I'm like, they tried to fight at the end. You know, they got down 19 at halftime and only lost the second half by one. But honestly, only two people on their team really showed up to play. Everybody else, they just came out the gate slow and didn't shoot well. Kind of reminds me of Houston and I guess Miami in the second half. <laughs> and maybe Arkansas in the first half. Like, those Blue Bloods just, they just separated themselves. That's why they're on another level. Baycott has just been a beast just the whole, the last two months. <laughs> or the last month or so. Like, he 20 and 22, he had 15 rebounds at halftime. This dude is the realest. And honestly, he gave Duke problems the last time they played. 
He killed it. But it's going to be a battle against Mark Williams. But honestly, Baycott has been just dominating the entire tournament. He's just been dominating this whole month. And then Brady Manic. Brady Manic is such a beast, bro. I'm just baffled. Like, I'm just like, I just cannot believe that Trey Young team didn't go further than they did with a young Brady Manic and Cam Augusti. And, and that supporting cat, I'm just baffled. When I look at these guys, when I look at Manic and McGusty having success beyond OU, I'm just like, how? How did we not do anything with that? I'm looking at St. Peter, Rupert, two points. I mean, Lee, two points. Banks, two for eight, seven points. Jesus Christ. Drame and the Defo for St. Peter's were the only ones that showed up. But at the end of the day, UNC just threw the ball inside. Brady Manick was hitting threes. There's nothing you can do. Caleb Love has been on one. You, and, and this and this is one of his worst games. This, this is going to be a hard team to beat. But Carolina Duke, it can go either way. It's just who can execute better. Who can make adjustments? They're playing each other for the third time. They know each other well. I know Duke's going to want revenge for what happened at Cameron Indoor. And I, I, I can't wait to see it. I'm trying to clear my schedule for that because I want to see that. Kansas and Villanova is a good warm-up, is a good appetizer for that because I just like seeing Kansas play. Like, I know their conference rival. I know that OU almost beat them twice. But when they're on, they're so fun to watch. So that's not a bad appetizer. I was just going to fade that and just focus on Carolina Duke because that's the main event right there. You, If you if you even somewhat like college basketball, you got to watch this game. This is going to be huge, and I cannot wait. I am hyped. But, hey, man, shout out to the teams. That lost, they made it far. Uh, Miami was a 10th seed and went all the way, um, all the way to lead eight. St. Peter's made history, but you know, like their coach say, they just didn't show up and they got pushed around. But they made it that far. Um, they will go down in history as one of the biggest, no, the biggest Cinderella story. In college basketball history so far. And we'll just never forget this St. Peter's team. Uh, we'll see where their coach goes. We'll see if he decides to go back to Seton Hall. Or if he stays and take more money. And try to advance St. Peter's even further. But man. What a story. They They ruined some brackets. And stole some hearts man. And just... I mean, you just got to appreciate what they did. Even though at the end, they just ran into a freight train. So I'm excited for this Final Four Saturday night, clearing my schedule. I'm going to get me, I probably should get me some Jamaican food because, you know, last time I saw Carolina and Duke, I was in Jamaica and I had me some Jamaican food before that game. So maybe I should do that again just to, you know, 
generate some positive memories. Uh, let's see. I don't see. Okay. So enough college basketball. So I went to the Lizards and the Warriors game yesterday. Got there early. There was a line. Of course there was. This game, as predicted, kind of, it looked like it was sold out. You know dang well if you've been to Wizards game. Most of these games aren't like this. But it was the Warriors. There was a lot of Warriors fans there. You should have seen the intro. There was no reaction to Wizards players being announced. They got announced second. But Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, the place went crazy. It was backwards. You had all these kid Warrior fans. You had all these adults that's probably from from the Bay Area. That's probably their only excuse. That's, That's the only thing. I think some people, there were people sitting beside me that were expecting Steph Curry and didn't realize that he wasn't going to play. I was like, they must be casuals because there's no way you follow the NBA and not know that Steph Curry is hurt and not playing. It took them till the second half to figure that out. They didn't even show up to the second quarter, so you know they casuals. Anyway, crowd's going crazy. Every Warriors bucket, crowd's going crazy. The Wizards start to pull away in the first quarter. They kind of quiet. And there's mild applause for the Wizards. I think us Wizards fans, it took us a while to get into the game. Even though we were winning, we got up 17 before halftime. Boy, them Warriors fans was quiet. They were quiet. We had them shook. They just wasn't expecting the Wizards to just put the smack down. I wasn't even expecting it. Because the Wizards, no Bradley Bill, no Kyle Kuzma. We lost about every game on our road trip. Like, <laughs> I wasn't expecting much out of this game. And, you know, the war, the Wizards, mm, the Lizards came to play. The Washington Lizards came to play. They shot the lights out. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, they scored 115, so I need to go to Papa John's and get some pizza. I probably will. Uh, half off. <laughs> Got to do that. How about Corey Kispert? Set the franchise rookie record for three-pointers in a season. That's a good sign. Uh, Codwell Pope, Ben picked him up, and he did me in. He had like 50 fantasy points. I don't know where that came from, but... He had 50 fantasy points. Just blew me. But it, it whatever. Uh, poor Zingas had 23. But he he just takes some head-scratching shots. A lot of contested fadeaways. Some runners, no, some hooks in the lane. That should have been easy money. He missed them. He can't really, he doesn't really drive to the rim. He took a really deep three. And I'm just like, bro, just pass the ball. He was six for 21. He was one for six from three. At least he was good at getting to the line. He had nine rebounds. The four turnovers, I swear to God, like three of them were in the first quarter. And it's nine rebounds like he had six in the first quarter. Poor Zingas, I swear to God, bro. This game, 
he should have had like 35 and 15. But he was playing. He was messing around. He had some ridiculous turnovers. Oh, Draymond Green, you know, he was slow getting into the game. He was he he, he kind of got going. It took him a minute, but it is a joy to watch him play defense. Some of them steals he had, I'm like, how did he do that? I'm like, this guy is fun to watch on defense. On offense, you know, he, he passed up an easy drive to the layup to pass to Clay Thompson for three. I didn't get that. You know, he's definitely a pass-first guy. You know, he's definitely very unselfish on offense, and you got to enjoy that. The only shots he really took was when he was in transition. And even some of those shots in transition, he passed out of. So, he, you know what? I got to appreciate him as a basketball player. He's unselfish on offense and on defense. Like, sure, he hacks sometimes, but some of, some of the steals he had was very crafty and very exciting to watch. Uh, Thompson did his thing. But he was only five from 13 from three. We just better be glad he had a mediocre day from three because he had some really good looks that just weren't falling. Jordan Poole, he still had 26 despite going one for 10 from three. I'm just glad these guys just didn't shoot well. That really helped the Wizards. But the Wizards, however, they did shoot well. And they made 16 threes, including Corey Kispert, six for nine from three. (laughs) Bruh, the future is bright. Y'all, now, now we got another weapon. Y'all done. Y'all are finished. Because, bruh, y'all better talk to him. Y'all better talk to him before I do. Like, oh my God. You mean to tell me. We got Bradley Bill, Porzingis, Kispert with the threes coming off the bench probably. Even if he don't come off the bench, that that, that, that type of firepower, mm, 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 mm. Denny Avia played pretty well yesterday. We got him. Daniel Gafford is a beast. Got go-go gadget arms and caught another sick oop. Bruh, y'all done, bruh. Then Rui Hachimura is going to be healthy, even more healthy next year. Y'all not ready. Y'all not ready. I look at the standings. We aren't, we aren't making the playoffs. Like, I'm going to tell you right now. There are eight games left. The Wizards are five games behind the Hawks. The Knicks caught them. They are half game behind the Knicks. We were ahead of the Knicks basically in the entire season. The Knicks caught us. There's eight games left. We're five games behind the Hawks. All the Hawks have to do is win two or three more games, and it's over. The The Wizards will be officially out. That shouldn't be hard for the Hawks to do. So the Wizards are out. So we might as well just take the wins as they come, like this one, where I'll take the moral, the extra moral victory of shutting Warriors fans down because there were way too many of them. There were way, way, way too many of them. I thought I was going to be ready for it. But then when it actually happened, dog, it blew me, dog. But it's okay. We beat them. We got them up out of there. 
Ha <laughs> Draymond Green got mad at the refs. <laughs> he pretty much gave the, the male refs hell. He didn't really say much to Ashley. Ashley Moyer Gleich. Like, it was women's night at Capital One Arena. And it's only right to have arguably the most attractive female ref to do to do this game. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um great game from the Wizards. Good win. Shut up the Warriors fans. And we move. Uh let's finish strong. I'm excited about the future with Corey Kispert and Roy Hachimura. The Gonzaga guys, uh, I don't know who's going to be here next season. I don't know who's going to start at point guard, but I'm excited with um, what we got with at least four of the people I know for sure we're going to have. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, That's that's all I got to say about that game. Okay. The cap cycle is in trouble real quick the cap cycle is in trouble dogs this ain't normal bro the caps are i guess doing their thing they're playing better they're winning more games but it just looks like they're gonna be locked into the wild card spot and it looks like they're gonna have to play florida or carolina i really hope it's carolina because i want revenge from what they did to us in 20 19 it might have been 2018 but it's 2019 i'm pretty sure they beat us in seven they were the wild card we were the division winner and they beat us they upset us and i was pissed we can flip the script we can be that wild card they can be the division winner and we can we got to get them back if it's the last thing we do. And you already know. Let's go. I'm just hoping for Carolina-Washington first round. Even though usually this is where the Caps bow out. But the revenge will be sweet. And then hopefully in the next round, we get Pittsburgh or New York. That would be great. That's what I'm hoping for. But, hey, at least the Caps beat the Sabres and the Devils. I was very worried. They almost lost. Very worried. And Ovechkin scored again because, of course, they did. Because, of course, he did. You got to love it. You got to love greatness while it's happening in real time. I'm going to talk about the Lakers real quick. LeBron is hurt again. He twisted his ankle. I don't know how bad it is. But I know what's actually bad. The Spurs, just like the Knicks catching the Wizards and the Hawks running away from the Wizards, the Spurs, the Spurs then caught up to the Lakers. The Spurs are one game back of the last spot occupied by the Lakers. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And LeBron just got hurt? And there's no AD? Oh, boy. This is not good, Lakers fans. What are you going to do? You just going to let the Spurs catch you? I mean, the Pelicans and the Spurs have been overlooked. 
The Pelicans have been playing good basketball since they've gotten T.J. McCollum. Even right before they got C.J., they started playing better basketball. And they're winning games, and they just came back on the Lakers yesterday when I thought the Lakers were for sure going to win. They were up by 20-something. They were absolutely destroying the Pelicans. And then next thing you know, Shannon Sharp complains about a 43-point third quarter from the Pelicans. I'm like, oh, well, Lakers lost this one, and they sure did. These guys are in trouble because the Spurs aren't that bad. They got they got some ballers on that team. DeJounte Murray is an all-star for a reason. Like, and they got Popovich as the coach. You got to look out. The Lakers are in trouble. And boy, we've been talking about the Lakers all season. All season. I cannot imagine the fallout if the Lakers lose out. Well, they're not going to lose all their games. But if they don't make the play-in, oh, my God. I cannot wait to see the fallout. Oh, it's going to be a wrap. Kind of like, kind of like, um, Colin Coward saying name, sound saying now. Maybe he'll, maybe the Lakers will blow up their roster. I mean, something's got to change. <laughs> but wait a minute, didn't they just blow up their roster to what they have now, and now they're worse? I just want to know where is LeBron going to go? Is he going to stay with LA? Or is he going to bolt and go somewhere else? That is the very interesting dynamic in this whole Lakers drama. And how in the heck are you going to trade Westbrook with a 40-something million dollar cap hit? I'm just saying. It's going to be difficult. Lakers in trouble. And their fans should be worried. They just might be watching the entire playoffs at home. And even if they make the play-in, I don't know if you want to play the Pelicans, Zion or no Zion. I don't know if you want to play the Pelicans at their place with the season on the line. I know you got LeBron, and he's been averaging like 35 a game in the last month or so. Still, we don't even know if LeBron's going to be able to play. With this ankle thing, y'all in trouble. And y'all better figure it out. Because if not, you and me watching it at home just like us. You and me watching the Pelicans and the Spurs and not the Lakers. I'm just saying. <laughs> USA soccer, man. It looks like they're going to make the World Cup after all. I just remember just the fallout of them not making it and how they got clowned by people who are really into soccer. Like, that's back when I was doing soccer pickup. And when I and my last soccer pickup game, all the talk was about the USA not making it. And they got clowned. It was bad. It was embarrassing. People got fired. But we knew the future was bright because of this guy named Christian Pulisic. One guy playing in the Premier League. And when you're American playing overseas, you're really good. Unlike, you know, basketball where the best talent, the best of the best are here. Like, they don't leave the country. The best of the best are in Europe. 
in soccer. So this guy developed all these years, and he ends up being the captain and the best player on Team USA. And then, lo and behold, critical game to stay in the top four and to qualify for the World Cup. And he showed out. He had a hat trick versus Panama. You got to love it. You have got to love it. I'm excited. Win against against Costa Rica, and they're definitely in. And I'm looking at this um, website, and I'm looking at ESPN.com, and honestly, they're in regardless. They can do no worse than fourth place. Uh, if they end up if they end up in fourth place for a one game playoff for a World Cup spot, they will play the Solomon Islands or New Zealand. Bro, we good regardless. Even if that happens, like we're gonna blast those teams. They don't have no chance. But they're gonna make it, they should be fine. Because the only way that they end up in that scenario is that they lose to Costa Rica by four more goals. That's not happening. I don't see us losing to Costa Rica. Regardless, they're going to outright win. You don't even have to worry about that. No worse than a five-goal margin against Costa Rica on Wednesday in San Jose. The game's in the, in the U.S. They're done. They're done. Team USA going to the World Cup. It's going to take a miracle for them to be out. All them scenarios have to happen. They have to lose by more than five goals to Costa Rica. And they have to lose... To Solomon Islands or New Zealand? Let's let's be real, bro. Let's stop, bro. Let's let's cut it out. Just cut it out. It's a wrap. They're going to the World Cup. And I can't wait till it happens this summer. I'm gonna be locked in. Now, will I go to all them watch parties I went to in 2014? No. I'll probably watch this stuff at the house if I'm not out working. We'll see. I just can't wait till the dang World Cup comes here. Because I can go watch these games live. And you can check that off the bucket list. That would be vicious. But, you know, I'm excited for Team USA, the men's. Because the women's have been, you know, accomplishing a lot. And just leaving the men in the dust. So it's about time the men got it together and start doing their thing. And I'm excited and I'm proud. Let's do it. Let's try to win this thing. It's going to be hard, but let's give it a shot. No hypothetical because once again, I didn't prepare. I just I didn't really prepare. I just went in, man. I just want to I just want to attack procrastination and just go right into it. So. The Masters is coming up. It's on August. No. It's at Augusta. Of course. It's in Georgia. Of course. That's where it always is. (laughs) But anyway, the Masters coming up. It's on April 7th. And my favorite thing to do is to play DraftKings and draft a team, you know, not only to follow the Masters, but to potentially win money. And I have won money off of it. Not much, but I have won money on it before. And I also want to possibly place a bet for the winner. So I'm going to do some research before I, you know, before I make my picks. But so far, here is the top 10 as far as 
Masters odds so far. John Rahm, number one at plus 900. Jordan Spieth at plus 1,200. Colin Morocco at plus 1,200. Justin Thomas at plus 1,200. Roy McIlroy at plus 1,400. Dustin Johnson at plus 1,400. Cameron Smith at plus 1,600. Scotty Scheffler at plus 1,600. Brooks Kepka at plus 1,800. <laughs> I'm probably going to pick somebody who's in, you know, the 5,000, 6,000 range. <laughs> Tiger Woods, 6,000. Tiger Woods is playing in the Masters? No way. No way. The fact that he has higher odds than Ricky Fowler and Bubba Watson and Sergio Garcia is interesting. But, you know, Tiger Woods is one of the greatest golfers ever. You always got to watch out for him. Well, I'm excited, man. Uh, I need to get going on my master's research so I can win some money and maybe, you know, pay some bills and some other debts. Shout out to Zach. <laughs> I got you, boy. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, I got to do my thing. I can't wait for the masters, man. It's going to be fun. I know a lot of people can't get into golf, but it's just something about this tournament. I have to go one day. I have to go watch this tournament in person one day. But I, I just don't know when. It's definitely not going to be this year. And, you know, my folks are in Atlanta. Maybe I could go see them whenever I do decide to do this. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> GoatLevelTees.com for all things Goat Level. And you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.